You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. Welcome to this week's edition of Mizzou That's Who here on KC Sports Summer. Your home from Missouri Athletics from KC Sports Summer. I'm joined as always by Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. Uh, Gabe, I was reading your, your 10 Things article that went out on Monday, and I think you said it best, and I want to lead the podcast with it, that this is Mizzou's biggest game since the 2014 SEC Championship game. Uh, it's, it's here. It's here. It's with us. We are now talking about it, Gabe. But I want to first, how was your weekend on a bye week? How was How was that? I love the bye week so much. It's my favorite week of the year. I wish there were more of them. Um, I watched uh, I watched some KU Oklahoma. Yeah. Took a nap. I woke up. I rewound it to watch the end of that game. <laughs> um, I intended to watch Georgia. And Flo- so I have not actually seen Georgia play football this year because yes. there have been two times where I thought, I'm going to watch Georgia. But I was doing something. And so it was like early second quarter before I could turn the game on and Game was over, so I didn't watch because it was a bad game by then. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I want to dig into the KUOU game a little bit more probably before we get into this because I'm curious to what your guys' thoughts were on it. Maybe more specifically, Maggie, what your thoughts were on the KUOU game because it was seemed like a hate watch of all time for for a lot of Missouri fans. But uh, how was your weekend, Maggie? Um, similar feelings <laughs> to Gabe. I... Uh, and it's crazy because a lot of people are like, oh, bye week, I hate it. Like, let's just get into some more Mizzou football. Also, very much enjoyed it. I mean, the weather was pretty crappy. I mean, at least it was over here in St. Louis. I think it was pretty bad over near you guys as well because yep. there was quite the delay, at least over in, in Kansas for that game. But I enjoyed it. I got to watch other games. I also took a nap and I, I love me some a college football <laughs> nap. Which you don't get to do whenever you're at the game, which, you know, we're at every game. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, just got to relax a little bit. So it's great. Those, those, uh, those like Saturday, even like the Sunday naps too, like after the noon slate naps, it's just like, oh, it's so perfect. And I can't wait to do a, a little 3.30 nap, especially after the Chiefs play at 8.30 in the morning next week. Uh, that's going to be real fun for me. I'm already looking forward to that. But, um, Let's talk about Oklahoma, Kansas, because I think that's a very interesting dynamic of like, you know, yeah, Mizzou fans don't like either one of those teams. Was it fun to see Oklahoma, who was uh, number six in the country, lose? Yeah, it's always fun to see top teams lose. But it was to Kansas that I don't want to see those guys happy at all. So it was one of those things where it was a tough, it was a tough, uh, tough mental exercise. I was kind of throwing myself through some mental gymnastics as I was watching that game. But uh, overall, I think that. I, I, I'm happy with the outcome of it. I'll say that. Missouri's path is now clear. Um, you needed Oklahoma to lose at some point. Um, I don't want to dive too much into what I was thinking or texting people during this game because I will anger our viewers. But it was good for Missouri that Oklahoma lost this game, and I will let Maggie discuss the rest of it. What was yours, Maggie? No, same thing. And I... I also, I didn't tweet too much about it, but yeah, long story short, if we're going to control our own destiny, which 
at this point, leading into this week, we still do. At some point, OU had to lose a game. It didn't matter who it was to. OU's schedule is dog water. It is terrible. They already beat Texas, which was their best chance of losing. They don't play K-State, which K-State has beat them three into the last four years, and OU doesn't play K-State. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that on their last year, they don't play K-State. So this, I mean, I didn't think that they were going to lose to Kansas, but it was their best chance. I mean, they go to, they go, they play Bedlam. Bedlam is this week. They're they're going to lose again Saturday. Oklahoma yeah. State yeah. looks way better than Oklahoma State looked at the beginning of the year. I think um, OU, so OU goes to Stillwater mm-hmm. as six and a half point favorites. So keep that in mind. They could still lose that game. But, there is, go ahead. But I was going to say that uh, a couple weeks ago, I would not have thought that that would have been a close game. But it looks now like they could possibly lose that game. There is a college football rivalry, and I can't remember off the top of my head which one it is. It might be Arizona, Arizona State. I don't know, but it is called good old-fashioned hate. College football has seen no hatred like Oklahoma is going to see in Stillwater this weekend. Like, if I could be anywhere in college football this week, I would be in Stillwater, Oklahoma for the last Bedlam game because, oh my God, it's so perfect that that's in Stillwater and not Norman. When OU is leaving the Big 12, and look, I'm on OU's side of this because we had this conversation 12 years ago or whatever, but you can understand the Oklahoma State side of it. And oh, it's, I mean, it is going to be, I might record that game just to see the crowd shots. Yeah. It's going to be good. Clean old fashioned. Hey, by the way, is Georgia, Georgia Tech. Went ahead. Oh, that's what, there you go. That's what, uh huh. Georgia, Georgia Tech. Um, which leads us into the Georgia game. But I'm not going to take that easy segue because I still want to talk about Kansas, Oklahoma, and Jason Bean being being the most confusing quarterback of all time uh, in that game of throwing a pick on a screen pass and then throwing two of, like, just two absolute dots on the last drive to give them the lead. Uh, So confusing. Also, Kansas fans have to stop calling that pond they throw the uh, goalpost in a lake because that is a pond, not a lake. And it's okay to call it a pond. You can call it a pond. There's no shame in that, but it's not a lake. It is not a lake. That's the, that was my discrepancy with that. They're just like, oh, the goalposts are in the lake. No, they're not. They're in a pond. <laughs> can we also talk about how neither quarterback for either team? So the score was 38-33, and neither quarterback threw a touchdown pass. Jason Bean, though, that dude is fast, man. Yeah, he is so confusing. Why? I'm so confused if he's good or not. Like, because he makes yeah. maybe... So this is a very, like, it's like Josh Allen, right? He's obviously a worse Josh Allen. I'm not comparing him to Josh Allen straight up apples to apples. Uh, But, like, he's like, when his highs, man, you're going to see some great quarterback play at his highs. But his lows are he's going to throw an interception on the screen pass straight to a defensive lineman. And he's just like, his decision making is going to be very poor. But, like, he there's just so much there uh, between those two. Like, But when he's running the football and... the offense that they run in Kansas is so interesting of like, well, yeah, well, let's put Jason Bean out wide and then we'll run this reverse and get him the ball on uh, a couple pitch ha- pitch handoffs and then throw a guy to in the flat. So they loved running that play where they just would like run it out to the flat. But 
Um, anyway, I know that you guys didn't tune into this Missouri podcast to hear about Kansas's offense. Um, so we'll talk about the Georgia game. And um, Gabe, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is a very big game. And I don't think that, like, I, I think that everyone involved knows the implications, even Georgia themselves. I don't think Georgia's blind to the implications uh, of this game. I don't think Kirby Smart is going to take Missouri lightly, especially what happened after last season. I know probably best case scenario for the Tigers is them coming off of a pretty big win against a Florida team that I think is pretty suspect. Um, but I think that 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 was the result that Missouri wanted. Uh, but Gabe, how do you uh, how are your early feelings about this matchup in I think Missouri would have preferred Georgia winning in like eleven overtimes. Uh, to be honest, you know, I have it a little tougher than it was. That was game. That game was over at halftime. Um, Georgia has shown me that when it wants to get up, it's still like maybe not by as wide a margin the best team in the country as it was the last two years, but it's still the best team in the country. I think. I think this game is very much about Georgia. If mm-hmm. Georgia plays really well, Missouri's not going to. I, and that, I don't say that as a shot at Missouri or anything like that. But I think this is intriguing because I think it's two teams that we're still not 100% sure we know about. Right. I mean, Georgia's best win is, I, I guess, Kentucky, right? Because Kentucky beat Florida. Missouri's best win is, I guess, Kansas State, which is looking better and better right now. Um, you know, looks better than it did a month ago, but it's still not like it's not a win over a top 15 team that, that really served notice. Oh, hey, like I, I think around the country, everybody's kind of looking, going, yeah, we know Missouri's better and they're a nice story, but like how much better? And I don't think that's unfair. Missouri fans will get mad about it, but I mean, you can't on one hand say, well, Georgia hasn't beaten anybody and say, Oh, but we beat Kentucky and South Carolina. Well, they also beat Kentucky and South Carolina. Um, you know, so what you're really talking about is beating Kansas State. Um, it's a good win on a 62-yard field goal on the last play. I, I'm just in the next three weeks, both teams have their three biggest games of the year. Georgia's got Mizzou, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Missouri's got Ole Miss or Georgia, uh, Tennessee, Florida. Yeah, you know, so... We're going to know a lot more about all of these teams in three weeks than we know right now when Saturday starts it. I mean, I think we kind of know what basically what Georgia is, but we don't know if that's the Georgia we see on Saturday. Right. Well, we have to remember that a lot of people are box box score fans, and that's all that they look at. So a lot of people didn't watch. I mean, they should have watched the Mizzou-LSU game to actually try to figure things out about Missouri. And obviously, like, Georgia did. But uh, fans around the country, they're going to look at Mizzou and just be like, oh, you lost to LSU by 10. They're not going to be like, you guys have super improved. Like, good for you. You improved a little bit. But they're not going to really see any massive difference. They're going to see you played in a big game and you lost. That's really it. I was looking. It looks like Georgia's crossover game is Old Miss. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which could be a could be a good game. Well, I, yeah. I mean, they their annual crossover game is Auburn, but um, they play Old Miss this year. Yeah. I forgot about Auburn. That was that was a twenty seven twenty game. That that game was fairly close down the stretch. 
Um, but again, Gabe, to your point, they can put teams away. Like they have the experience of putting teams away. So they they trailed South Carolina fourteen three. They trailed Auburn ten nothing, and they trailed Florida seven nothing. And then they woke up and said, "All right, let's go try for a little bit." Now, sometimes that burns you, right? If you just kind of roll out the helmets and go through the motions, sometimes you play a team that's good enough to burn. Um, and and that obviously is Missouri's hope that they maybe come out of the gates a little bit slow, and by the time they think we got to turn it on, Missouri's like, "Oh no, we're." We're here, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think if you let Missouri hang around and give them hope, you know, um, I think they have gotten better from last year when Georgia let them hang around and gave them hope, but Missouri wasn't good enough to close it out. I mean, right. they just weren't. You know, I, I looked up today, in the final five drives of that game, Georgia had 25 plays for 185 yards and Missouri had eight plays for 14 yards. Um, I, I mean, like, that game was, Georgia was kind of like, well, we're going to figure out when we need to turn it on and then we're going to turn it on, right? I don't know if Georgia can do that this year. Like, I think they have to play decently to beat Missouri. I do not know that they need to play an A game to beat Missouri. Mm. That's interesting. That's what it's going to be all about. I think you made a really good point that this game is going to be about how Georgia responds, how Georgia reacts, uh, more about Georgia than it will be about Missouri. I want to dive into that a little bit more, especially the offense. We got to see them for the first time without for the first time, an extended game uh, without uh, Brock Bowers. Still looked pretty impressive, Georgia did. I don't think that they took uh, much of a much of a slide off of that. But first, I got to tell you about our, our friends at homefieldapparel.com. Listen, I'm wearing, the, I'm wearing the hoodie. You guys already know I'm wearing the hoodie because of the weather. And A, it's uh, incredibly cool. It looks cool. It looks good. Um, very big fans of what they got going on at homefieldapparel.com. They got a great Mizzou collection from basketball to even baseball. I want to see some Tiger style. I want to see some wrestling stuff on there. I was uh, poking around the Mizzou page. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, wrestling. Wrestling is uh, is it, it's good. They're primed for a big season this year. I think Keegan O'Toole just won like the the champion, the world champion, world champion. something like that. That's pretty darn good. I don't really know a lot about it, but winning a world championship seems pretty darn good. Um, and our folks at Home Field Apparel are also pretty darn good. If you uh, haven't ordered from them yet, you can use code KCSN twenty three for fifteen percent off your first order. I uh, got to take advantage of that because they've got some great designs there getting you suited and booted, ready for basketball season coming up just around the corner. The remaining uh, schedule that the uh, Missouri Tigers have and, and that, that eventual bowl game that they'll have. But uh, we're going to take a break. Thanks to our friends at homefieldapparel.com. You can go check them out. Over 150 plus colleges there, too. If you want more than just Mizzou, go check them out. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about these Georgia offense coming into this game. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. I did some number crunching uh, prior to the show. Look at me doing some prep for the show. Uh, Shout out. But uh, Georgia, 10th ranked passing efficiency offense, third in third down conversion percentage. Carson Beck has also been playing like quietly really well, I think. Uh, 7th in passing yards per game, 12th in passing efficiency and 11th in pass yards per attempt. Um, so I think that the Georgia offense, a lot of the expectation was Brock Bowers going out. There goes their offense. It's a little bit dramatic, but that didn't happen against Florida Cape. Yeah, 43 points. Um, look, what did we say about Georgia last year? Hey, they've got a really good offense. What if they had a quarterback everybody thought was good? Right? right. <laughs> and how, I mean, they kind of do, but... The Georgia offense is interesting because I don't with especially with Bowers out. Who do you say? Well, that's the guy we got to stop. Right. I mean, Lad McConkey, Tom eh. Lovett, eh. Oscar Dell, not really running game. It's not quite as good as it has been. They've got nine guys with between 100 and 400 yards receiving. I mean, I that's the problem. You can't take Chris Abrams train and say that's your guy. Stick this yeah. guy. We'll hit do or KAD and Ennis Rakestraw. Man coverage will take the rep. I don't, they just have so many weapons that I don't know what you take away. And, and to me, you take away the running game. Like you just force them. Yes, they throw the ball really well, but you just put them in third and eight and say, we're going to take our chances with this because at least then we only have to worry about one thing. Yeah, and like Lad has, they've kind of been had him limited in a few games. I think he had like a hurt back for a while. I think after the UAB game, and honestly, now that Brock is out, they're kind of letting their wide receivers shine a little bit. Dom's had two pretty good games, um, close to a hundred yards, I think. Um, Lad Lad had a great game last week. He had, I mean, what did he have? He had. 130 yeah six receptions for 135 yards and a touchdown I mean I don't think that they're gonna suffer very much without Brock Bowers it's just gonna be kind of a a next man up and I mean obviously 
not having somebody like Brock Bowers, who was a Heisman candidate, is it's a hit. I mean, it's going to be a hit, but it's not like they don't have athletes to replace him. I mean, there's a reason they came after guys like Dom. You know, they have people, four and five stars, that are going to get the ball in their hands and are going to make moves. He's the ninth highest, I was just looking this up, in terms of passing yards, he's number nine in the country um, in terms of Carson Beck. Uh, I've been... Carson Beck has been an interesting case to me because he, I think he is a, a I think he's better than Stetson Bennett um, in terms of everything, in terms of like how running the offense and everything. It took, it was a little bit slower, but like I think he's a better quarterback talent wise. Um, and getting him in there and getting him acclimated with there is, is going to make the, the, the offense, as, as Gabe, as you mentioned, they don't have one guy now. Like one guy, there's they're so multiple in terms of how they'll attack. It's going to be really interesting. So I want to, kind of ask this broad, overarching question, right? So if Mizzou is to win this game, what happens? What what happens if we come if we're here next to next Monday, whenever we're going to record the podcast next, if it wins, what would have ha- had to happen for us to talk about a Missouri victory? I mean, I think they won the turnover battle by at least two. Um, and I think they played their best game of the year. Uh I think like I, I think it's more likely Missouri could win this game 23-20, then Missouri could win this game 42-38. I, I just, I don't think, I, I don't think you want to get into a back and forth shootout with them. Not because I think they have like the best offense in college football. They're just, they just execute really well, right? And and I just, I don't know that Missouri can get into a game where it's just going up and down the field because I don't know if you can do that against Georgia defensively. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still think the Georgia defense is pretty damn good. I'll take their game. I know, right? It's analysis. <laughs> I'll take about that Georgia defense. Uh, Maggie, what do you think? What do you think is going to need to go right for Mizzou if we are talking about a, a victory next week? I mean, I think we're going to have to not have dropped passes. I think there was a couple of, you know, big mistakes in that LSU game. Some big drops in that LSU game. I think it's going to have to be some adjustments will have to be made if there are those dropped passes. I think that we're probably going to have to make some field goals like we did in that last um in that last year's game. I mean, I'm hoping not. I was somebody sent me something. Let me see if I can find that in here real quick. Um somebody sent me something this morning about um it was a fun side of the day. Missouri leads the nation in red zone scoring percentage. Um, converted 34 of 35 red zone trips into points. 24 of those being touchdowns. I think that's a pretty big stat. Um, obviously, I'd like to convert more of those into touchdowns. Only 24 of those. A little bit, you know, shaky. I'd like to have more of those touched. Uh, more of those being touchdowns as opposed to field goals. Um, if we can convert in the red zone, I think that that would that will be big. Right. It's it's going to be, it basically boils down. And I think that this reiterates what you guys are saying, that like Missouri can't beat themselves. Like they've already got a tough enough test against Auburn. I guess Georgia, uh, they can't also be going against themselves. I was just looking this up too about uh, penalties because it seems like Missouri's kind of cleaned it up a little bit more when it comes to penalties. The last two games against uh, South Carolina and Kentucky. Kentucky, they, had, they both had six penalties, uh, six for 65 versus Kentucky and six for 55 versus South Carolina. 
I think that's going to be a big thing is the penalties. Uh, Maggie, you mentioned the drops. I think drops are going to be huge to convert plays. You, you have to take advantage of these opportunities. Every time you get one against a team like, like Georgia, you have to take advantage of the opportunities, and you can't give them more opportunities. The margin of victory is a whole lot smaller in this game than it is against a South Carolina or a Kentucky or even Tennessee next week. Like it's it's a, it's a whole lot smaller your margin of and weights to win the game. There's only a few plays to to really take advantage of against a team like this. Everything we all just said, really, you can sum it up. They can't make mistakes, guys. They right. they can't. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, sometimes a two yard run on first and ten is okay. You just don't lose three yards. You know, second and eight. Hey, you got a chance, right? Um, and I think that's why Cody Schrader is going to get so many of the carries because he doesn't lose a lot of yards. Right. We can't, I, it, like, I know, I know people will say empty the playbook and we want to see the tricks. Well, you know what can happen if you want to run a jet sweep or an interrupt? You can drop a pitch or you can lose nine yards. If you're in second and 19, you're done. You might as well punt there because you're not converting it, right? So I think on, on Missouri's side, just avoid the negative that plays, the mistakes, and then. On Georgia's side, you, you've got to get them in second and 12, second and 13, you know, and, and then put them in a situation where you're pretty, again, they're really good at throwing the football. But if you know they're throwing the football, you have a better chance than if they're sitting there, you know, second and six and they can do absolutely anything they want. And Graham, Graham Mertz was um, rushing, which, you know, with sacks involved. Was five, had five carries for a negative 32 yards last week. And we just can't put ourselves in that situation. Like, yeah. we just can't. We have to, the O-line has to take care of Cook this week. They they won the, or won the game. I'm a revisionist history here. Missouri won last year against Georgia 22 to 26. So I don't know how that works. But um, <laughs> it, they almost won the game for, for one reason. Because Kirby Smart even said after the game, they beat us at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Both sides of the ball, Missouri was better last year. You know, and it was interesting. I look back at the rushing numbers. Actually, Missouri ran the ball terribly. <laughs> they ran the ball 21 times for 102 yards, and Cody Schrader had a 63-yard run. So their other 20 carries went for 39 yards. They did not run the ball well at all. But yeah. Brady Cook largely was was clean, if I remember correctly. And, I mean, their defensive line just whipped to Georgia's. You know, now Georgia averaged 4.7 a carry and all that. But, I mean, Stetson Bennett was seeing ghosts for a while in that game. And then in the fourth quarter, they settled down and said, we're just going to shove them around. And Missouri wore down. And that that's what depth does to you. You know, but, um, I mean, Darius Robinson, Jaden Jernigan, Christian Williams, Johnny Walker, those guys have to be, they've got to be the best they've ever been on Saturday. Yeah. Gabe, I want to go back to a point that you brought up. Um, you, you talked about opening the playbook. Maybe uh, we like to call these kitchen sink games when we talk about the Chiefs and, and like you know, Chiefs versus Broncos to bring it up. Is that a kitchen sink game? Do, do they do the Broncos throw the whole kitchen sink at the Chiefs? Uh, we talk about that in terms of that. Do you think it's a situation where they'll try? I mean, they're going to go out there. They're gonna they're gonna do all the pull out all the tricks. They'll do all that. Or do you think they're confident enough in what they have and what they've been doing that they're like, okay, we don't need to run we have the trick plays if we need them but like we're confident enough in, in our offense and execution that we can do it I mean I think I think you could see one or two but like you can't run nine right if you <laughs> if you can't do the basic stuff you're not gonna win the game like you might get a score off a flea flicker or a fake field goal or an onside kick or whatever it, it might give you a boost 
but look, you're going to have to play 60 minutes and execute the basic offense to to beat Georgia. I just want to see aggressive. I want to see aggressive uh, Eli Drinkwitz. I want to see a little bit more of him outside of those first three games, but I want to see it. Uh, excuse my my uh, my metaphor here, but like balls to the wall. We're going to be aggressive, taking advantage of every single opportunity um, just because of the the implications of this game. But but also, you know what can happen? Like, you don't have to throw every ball 60 yards downfield. Right. Like, sometimes you can throw a tunnel screen to Luther Burden and he can break a tackle on a four-yard pass as a 60-yard touchdown. Sometimes it, it, it... I know people hate it, but it really is execution more than anything else. You know, it's not the coach called the wrong play. It's... And we called a play, and they didn't run it right, or the other guys just ran it really well. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And and Gabe, I thought I thought you covered this pretty well in your uh, your ten things. If you haven't read it already, now subscribe to Power Mizzou. Go do that, obviously. But um, you talk about just the implications for Missouri, and, and I had written down here, uh, nothing to lose is not a correct way to think about this for for the Missouri Tigers. No, they can lose the chance to win the SEC East. I mean, right. they can't win the division if they don't. This is the first time where something comes off the table if you lose. Um, doesn't mean it's a bad season. I will win. No, I, Missouri can lose this game 51 to 6, and I'm not going to bear it on Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be a missed opportunity. Um, but like nobody thought they were going to be in this position. Uh, Maybe the guys in the locker room, right? I'm sure they'll all tell us this week, and none of y'all believed in us, but we did. That's good for them. Uh, but I just look. This is the this week leading up to it. Like this is when you should be nervous and you should be excited. And I was like, if not, but you don't care. Like, what are we all doing here? Yeah, I think at the beginning of the season, and I I think I said this to to this a fan of some other team when they were saying something about Missouri I was like I don't know what you think whenever you talk about Missouri but at the beginning of the year we all start out zero and zero so I was like it doesn't really matter what you feel about Missouri as each year goes like what you felt about Missouri being six and seven or six and six or whatever last year I was like we get a new chance every single year to start you know we start out zero and zero we start with the same record as OU we start with the same record as Alabama we get a chance to start over. So, like the fact we get to go into Athens and be seven and one, and they're undefeated, like we still get that chance. Like we get the opportunity to to beat them in their at their home. So, like it doesn't matter what happened last year, and it doesn't matter what our program is versus what their program is, and that's exciting. Like it's exciting to me, and like I'm going. I know Gabe's going. Like that's cool. And regardless, is if we get whooped, it. I mean, that would suck, but does it really matter? We're, we're still like in that up, like we're still being given that opportunity and these guys are still being given that opportunity to play in this environment. And it's going to be probably the wildest environment that they've ever played in. And that's just a cool opportunity for them. And they should be proud of like what they've done up to this moment. Anyways. Also, though, like it does matter. Yeah. I mean, well, it does matter if they. I mean, it it, it matters as as a game, like as a game, it matters. Like it's an important game, yes, but like it. I'm. I guess. I'm no, I I know what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, the fact the fact that they're here is an accomplishment, and right. there would be exactly. no shame. There would be no shame in losing on on Saturday. Um, right. 
it's not uh, like it's, I still, think... it's not like it's a crappy season and like nobody right. can come to them and be like yeah now now you suck like but i i think that's what, not what missouri i think what missouri has earned this year is that this team should not go to athens just you know like there's no moral victory for the team on Saturday. Yes. Fan base program, absolutely. Big picture, yes. For sure. This team, this season, it cannot be what you want it to be without a win on Saturday. So I, I think when Tucker's saying he wants to see balls to the wall coaching, what I want to see is a coach in a program that is trying to win the game. And if what comes out of that is losing 47-6, to six, okay. But, you know, not... I guess not. Hey, let's let's just hang around and try to be close. Like, I to me, I I don't care if it's twenty eight twenty four or forty seven ten. Like, whatever. Um, in this game, this program, where you want to be, like, go take your shot. Yeah, you well, you can't go into this game like you did with say South Carolina or like you did with any other teams that you've gotten up on. You can't go into that game and then be like, okay, well, now let's play to not lose. Right. You can't do that. At any point, you can't take your foot off the gas, in, in my opinion. And I feel like that's what we did in the South Carolina game. And I'm and I because get Because you could afford I, I get, to. Yeah. Yeah, because you could afford to. And I don't think against Georgia, who has, like we talked about a few minutes ago, has proven that they can come back from a situation like that. You can't do that. Well, because even Missouri's only win at Athens, which was 2013, they were up 28-10 at halftime. And Georgia, I mean, it was 28-26. Like, Georgia was right back. Georgia was one play from erasing that. And that Georgia team was not this Georgia team. You know, um, that that Georgia team at that time was good, not great, I think. So, um, yeah, no, like, if you get up 10-0, it has to be 17. If you get up 17, it has to be 24, you know. Uh, not that I'm predicting that Missouri will lead by 24 points at any point on Saturday. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's what I heard. Uh, they also had uh, they also had Mark Richt as their head coach of that Georgia team. So um, that's pretty Kirby smart in terms of the the 2013 Georgia team. I was, uh, and I think that this is this is interesting. Gabe, kind of going off that point, is when you talked about like, yeah, they could they could still lose they could lose this game and still have a shot at like maybe a New Year six. Um, if they if they go out and win out right now, they're projected at the Duke's Mayo Bowl. But who knows? It's after Christmas, though. Gabe, could it, could it, it, it is, is that projected by Brett McMurphy? Yes, yes. Yeah, it was like he does a really good job with bowl games generally. But I think there's some. I think there's some petty in that prediction. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. They can lose out, and I don't think they're in the Mayo Bowl against Virginia Tech as thirteen point favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, th- I think that's I think that's a little. Uh, Let me find another one then. Anger. We'll, we'll use it. But you know, he knows Liberty he Music City Gator in Jesus. that. Eh, I hope not. That's he knows what he's doing, and he's doing it for for people to tweet at him. So, so let me ask you this: So, I want you guys to go first on this. So, okay. rank these things in order of most likely: Georgia blowout win, close Georgia win. Close Missouri win, Missouri blowout. I don't like this question. Because <laughs> you know what you have to say, and Twitter's going to be mad at you. Yeah. 
You well, I mean, I don't no, know. but I think... like honestly, I <laughs> yeah. like rank those things in order of likelihood. I think that the Georgia blow is the most likely thing to happen. Do you? Um, I do. Uh, I, I would put close Georgia win, like less than ten, less than ten points. Georgia win to me is. Or yeah, I think I guess close, Missouri covers. Missouri, I think there. I think Probably. Missouri covers close Georgia win. I think a Georgia blowout is more likely than Missouri winning the game. I, I think Missouri blow Missouri blowout Missouri blowout is absolutely last. Yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. last. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I would I would put Georgia by seventeen as more likely than you know Missouri by zero to ten. Yeah, maybe this is me just guarding myself. Right, we've had the whole conversation about being mazooed and everything like that. You, I'm sure everybody saw that on social and everything. Maybe it's me just guarding myself and being like, "Yeah, a blowout is likely." Uh, so it's just if like Mizzou covers, I'm like, "Great teams cover." Also, if you just look at Georgia over the last three years, uh, like a blowout is likely because a blowout is likely for everybody against Georgia. Yeah, I mean they just blew out Kentucky and Florida and. Yeah, they are forty-one and one in their last forty-two games. That's insane. In this era of college football, that's that's unreal. Yeah, they haven't lost since December fourth, twenty twenty-one, and they put up twenty that, points. That was they put up twenty points in the fourth quarter, or Alabama put up twenty-four points in like the second quarter of that game to win that to win that game. That's the only reason that they even lost that game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting indeed. Um, I mean, su- success is have a shot in the fourth quarter, right? Just be in the game right. in the fourth quarter. Correct. And then see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's where I am when it comes to it. I know that, like, obviously, them winning it would be incredible, monumental, whatever superlative you want to use. Monumental, for sure. That's a great word to use. And, uh, Gary Pinkle would say mammoth. Um, uh, so... So this this would rank where in Mizzou, Mizzou school history? Uh, it, it's weird because this game, while it does have implications, we don't know what the what the what the full right. ramifications of the implications right. are yet. So that that puts it in a really weird circumstance. I almost feel like it's like the A and M game, like it, it kind of in in there, but also it's like a regular season game where they still have games to play afterwards. Right. Like the A and M game was it, the last game. It was winning in. Yes, it's not the A and M game. It's not the KU game because right. there's more after this, right? Like so, I think yeah. for an individual day, like if you just say this day, I think you can argue it would be the biggest win in school history. Mm. Number one on the road to kind of take control of the division, but. It only ends up being the biggest win in program history if it then leads to. I mean, mm. if it leads to the playoff, right? If it, it if if you end up running the table and you are twelve and one a year in the college football playoff, well then, the weird part is, well then, what was Georgia the fourth biggest win there? <laughs> because yeah. you know, yeah, because there were so many that came after. But I, I right. think, like what I wrote this morning about that 2013 Georgia game is it wasn't. Like it was week five, right? It wasn't the the one that clinched anything. You had a million more steps. They even lost the game after that. But I feel like that day was the day that even Missouri fans said, "Oh, hang on, this is 
this is something more than I thought it was. Like, this was a nice team, good story, we beat some bad teams. Oh, hang on, we might have something. So that's what this day is if Missouri wins. That's the day that not just Missouri fans, but the rest of the country looks at it and says, oh, hang on, we didn't take this seriously enough. Like, Missouri's number five in the country if they win this game. I don't think there's much question about that. Yeah. And we won't find out. Never a one-loss team. Yeah. If you go yeah. beat Georgia at Georgia, the only teams ahead of you are teams that have not been beat. Right. Hmm. That's a great way to put it. Also, how come the 12-team playoff can't be this year? Because Missouri could lose this game and be in it. And be in the 12-team playoff. That's what I just thought of when I was when I was thinking about just the implications of this game. I was like, "Wow, a twelve team playoff this year sure would be nice because they could get in, and then anything could happen after you get in." I mean, that's just, just how it goes. But man, a twelve team playoff would be nice. I'm not taking away anything from the current team. I know Gabe, you tweeted that out, and so you got some really weird backlash. Got some blowback from that tweet. Very odd, in my opinion. There's nothing against that team, but like, man, having having an extra what would that be? Eight opportunities to get into the playoff is obviously better. Um, but no, I, it's an exciting game for sure. I'm nervous about it. 2.30 p.m. kickoff on CBS. The the SEC primetime game, they've, they've got it. Um, when it comes to the afternoon primetime slot, they've got it. But uh, before before we go, I get, let's, let's predict it. Georgia 15.5 point favorites on our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. I think I saw some places it opened at 20 and a half. Uh, but DraftKings, just before we started the show, I looked, has it at 15 and a half um, in favor of Georgia at home in Athens. Um, On homecoming. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oof. What are you picking, Gabe? Georgia 34, Missouri 23. And that, again, like, that feels a little optimistic to me, um, but just get. I I think all Missouri fans would be happy if you start the fourth quarter, and I can't tell you for sure who's going to win the game. Mm. Right, just get there, and at that point, it's a fifteen minute game, and the pressure is all on the home team. Um. You know, I, I think Missouri's going to have Georgia's attention because of what happened last year. But Georgia is coming off Florida. Ole Miss and Tennessee are next. Like, you know, as as much as we've spent 40 minutes talking about this is the biggest Mizzou game and how long, like, yeah. this might be the smallest Georgia game of the month. Like, I don't mean to, like, that. that's how their schedule lines up. I'm, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Missouri by saying that. Um, I just, it's possible Missouri wins this game. I, I just think it is very unlikely. Maggie. Yeah. Similar situation. I, I wish this was the game that was in Columbia as opposed to last year. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, as close as that game was last year, I think with a healthy Brady cook at home, I think that would have changed things a little bit you know and more experience for like luther burden with the Oise. i i think that changed things and obviously with brock bowers out but i'm gonna go 35 24 georgia 
So you Mizzou both co- with Mizzou covering. I was gonna say you both have them covering eleven point margin for both of you guys. I w- I want to be clear. I would not bet Tucker's money on Missouri covering. Um, I also have them covering. I've got thirty-two to twenty-two uh, down for the Missouri Tigers in this game uh, in favor of the Georgia Bulldogs. I should say I didn't word that very good, but it's a because win. let's be honest about when people ask you to do predictions, what what good does it do to pick a six touchdown game, right? To pick a blow because, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's we all know it's possible. But what good does that do? Um, right. I think I picked Georgia by like thirty-five last year. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Wait, I think we like all. I think we like all did. Uh, it also, it also doesn't like benefit you to just pick your own team just to do that. I we obviously all want Mizzou to win. I think that that does nothing but help yeah. our podcast. It does nothing but help Would our program. So. I think we would all love for that to happen. So for you listeners out here, it's not just us being pessimistic. That's what we would all want to happen. If we're wrong, we would love to be wrong. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> if something has happened 41 times in the last 42 opportunities, you're not being an idiot for predicting that it will happen a 42nd. <laughs> right. Exactly. I watched Mizzou lose to Georgia 9-6 to one time, so... <laughs> Georgia's very good, yes. Georgia's good. They're still the number one team in the country, so I don't think our prediction should come to a surprise uh, from anybody. But, uh, yeah, exciting game. Nervous for it. Really excited to see what happens down there. Between the hedges, one of the great, one of the good college football environments that uh, I would love to go to a game one time. Uh, probably Maybe in the game there, but, yeah. So, Tucker, let you can edit this out if I say okay. something that, you're, that you don't want the people to hear, but. I, I will I will make this uh, promise. If Missouri wins after we do our post game show, Tuck, uh, Tucker can send me a link and we'll do a we'll do a bonus episode of of this show from Sanford Stadium Saturday night. There you go. Heard it here first. So better be better be knocking on that wood. They're gonna win. If you want a bonus uh, Mizzou that's who podcast. So uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this week's uh, game preview edition. Uh, hoops starting soon. We'll talk more hoops next week. Uh, they've, they'll have some games by the next time that we record. A game, at least, uh, from the next time they record. I'm sure they've done a secret scrimmage by now. But uh, regardless, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports. I would appreciate our friends at Home Field Apparel uh, for uh, outfitting us, for decking us out, and for just being really great friends of the podcast. We do appreciate them. We'll be back next week to talk to you after Missouri plays Georgia. So until then, we'll talk to you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.